0: good afternoon ladies and gentlemen rob port here for 970 wdym 93.1 fm the how's thursday going
1: pretty good all things considered it's rolling along just fine it was a payday thursday so it's hard to be crabby today
0: yeah that's true
1: it's a, it's a good day and we've got a good guest coming up apparently
0: uh we do senator john hoven joining us a little bit later in the program gonna talk well health care bill i mean that's You know, we we have yet another proposal from Republicans uh, to address Obamacare, uh, to repeal and replace, as they say. It's been a heavy lift for Republicans, although you wouldn't think it would be that hard. They control the Senate. They control the House. They control the White House. But, you know, politics are politics. And in the Senate, nothing gets done, although they are trying with this one to get it through reconciliation. But the clock is ticking on that if they want to pass it with just a simple majority in the United States Senate. They got to get that done by September 30th. Senator Hoben saying he supports the um, the Graham Cassidy bill, as it's called. Uh, and honestly, I'm I'm kind of liking it too. I I know it's there's some griping about it from the right, and there's certainly a whole lot of griping about it from the left. Um, but here's the thing: it's it's a binary choice, as Congressman Kramer told said on this program earlier this week. It's really a binary choice between the status quo, which is Obamacare, which is not working that well. There's a lot of problems with it or something else. Now, there's been a lot of something else is out there, and we hear Democrats sort of paying lip service to the idea that they're going to come up with other answers. That's what we're getting from Heidi Heitkamp these days. She can't seem to find a bill that she likes that's coming from Republicans, despite, uh, you know, this this, uh, you know, all this uh, uh, put on she likes to do about, you know, working with Republicans and bipartisanship and blah, blah, blah. Can't find a Republican bill she wants to uh, vote for. And that's because I was reading actually in a Fox News piece where she's actually saying she wants to keep Obamacare. Like that's her big priority is just to keep and fix Obamacare, which I, I don't know. I don't think that's what North Dakota voters want. I don't think North Dakota uh, voters want Obamacare. I I think the Republicans who have been winning office in North Dakota have been campaigning on repealing Obamacare. So, I I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe that's where North Dakota politicians need to be at. We'll get the specifics from Senator Hoven uh, coming up here a little bit later in the program. Uh, You can certainly call in with your comments or questions. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. And, too, I've been a lot of reaction to uh, the announcement yesterday that this show is expanding. Um, Sandy is, uh, Sandy Butteweiler is leaving us, sadly. Uh, but this show is expanding into the noon slot, and a lot of reaction from people. Uh, some happy about it. Some, I, I'm sure you're surprised to learn not so happy about it.
1: You don't say. You have Knock you that, over
0: with a feather, yeah. You
1: have people that don't like to yeah, listen to well, what you have to say?
0: It's weird. I have such a sparkling personality. I don't know what's not to like.
1: Your personality, honestly, is pretty sparkling, but your politics I don't always agree with. Well... You know, it's, it's, you
0: know, nobody's perfect, Mattil. You're right. One day you'll come around. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. I, I will aspire to become Rob Port Perfection. Well, uh, I, you
0: know, I, I don't have a problem with people disagreeing. I, I mean, as a matter of fact, my big philosophy with government is to leave as much, much room for us so that we can just kind of, we can just disagree and lead our lives and it doesn't matter, right? You can live how you want to live and I can live how I want to live. I mean, that's generally what I want. That's it's not something you can accomplish 100% but generally i just want the government to leave us alone that's kind of my philosophy agree with it or disagree with it but what's interesting to me about you know some of the reaction to to me you know anytime it comes out you know when i went to work for the forum and then i had a column uh, you know all this stuff and i you know i'm always reading the social media responses and it's it's funny because on one hand there's like the people on the extreme left who are like, oh, you know, I'm I'm racist and a bigot and a Nazi coddler and all this other horrible, horrible stuff about me, uh, and I ought to be fired because how dare they have to, you know, look at uh, points of view uh, that they disagree with in the newspaper, right? I think that's really funny, like the whole, uh, you know, bring back some balance. Get rid of Rob Port. What do you mean balance? I'm the one conservative regional uh, columnist in the newspaper balance. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that sometimes living in a free society, in a, in a, in a free country, that you have to run across positions and opinions and thoughts and ideas that you disagree with. I'm sorry, but you know what? Toughen up, snowflakes. Uh, so that's one side of it. And then the other side of it are the people who think I'm not like far enough right. Like the people like, oh, Porch sold out the forum communications. What a sellout. He's such a sellout to, you know, (laughs) like I'm not, I'm not purely conservative enough. Which, I don't know, I mean, I feel like that kind of puts me in the sweet spot, Natil. Like, I'm I'm definitely conservative, I'm definitely right of center, but I have absolutely no problem with giving the Republicans a hard time when they deserve it. No problem at all. And I'll do it, I'll bust ugly stories about them, I'll talk, I'll criticize them, when I feel like they deserve it. You know, and I, I feel like that's, that's what people like me gotta do. Right? I'm not playing on anybody's team here, I'm gonna call things like I see them, and that'll be that. Uh, let's see. Karen's got a call. Go ahead, Karen, what's up?
2: Well, hello there. Congratulations hello. on starting at noon for two hours. And Thank I'll you. be looking forward to having cat and dog fights with you.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to Karen. And and the thing about it is, like, I don't politics has become such a blood sport these days. It's like it's like it's like we, we feel like because we disagree we have to dislike each other, but I don't feel that way. Natil, you know, I like you even though we disagree.
1: Yeah, I get along with you you're just okay. fine other than, you know, the, the we do disagree sometimes. But the nice thing about disagreeing with you, at least in my experience, has been that we can have a discussion about it. Right. As long as neither one of us starts yelling, we're okay.
0: Yeah. You know, and I might get a little exercised or whatever, but it's not personal. Everything's so personal now, right? Everything's so, it's a, you can't just be wrong, but you got to be evil too, right? And I don't know. I don't think people are evil for disagreeing with me. Thanks for the call, Karen. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's see, more to come. What do you think about this health care bill? You support it? You don't support it? Where should North Dakota's congressional delegation be? Uh, Congressman Kramer telling us yesterday he supports the Graham-Cassidy bill. He thinks it will pass the House if it gets there. Senator John Hovind saying he's supportive of the bill. What do you think? Heidi Heitkamp opposes it. Where should they be? 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Robert Report, 970 WDAY-AM, 93.1 FM. If you want to call in, you can, 712 888 970 Email, talk at WDY.com. Lonnie emailed. He said, I would like the senator, he's referring to Senator John Hovind and joins us in the next segment. I would like the senator to explain why for the seven years that President Obama was in office, he continuously voted for full repeal of Obamacare. But now that Republicans control everything, And they can actually repeal repeal it. He refused to support it, which is the real Senator Hovind. Well, we'll ask him that question. Uh, I I think that's a legit question to ask. I mean, Republicans have been campaigning on repealing and replacing Obamacare for a long time. And they've controlled parts of Congress for a while now. And they haven't got the job done. And they kind of had an excuse because, you know, President Obama was, was wielding the veto pen. But now they've got their guy, the President Trump. Why are they getting it done? Getting it done. I, you know, I think that's a that's a perfectly fair question to ask Republicans. Why is this so difficult? And, you know, I, I don't I, I think the problem is, is anytime you put a proposal on the table, this is such a huge issue. And it's so complicated and it touches so many different people and so many different industries and so many different interest groups that no matter what sort of reform you try, some big, powerful factions, go- ox is getting gored. And uh, they come out against it, and that makes the, you know, the politicians want to run for the hills. Um, and, and honestly, what I kind of like about Graham Cassidy, and, and there was, I had a reader last night telling me about this. You know, he was saying basically, uh, you know, it looks like this is just, you know, if this bill passes, it, it's, it's essentially the federal government saying that they want to get out of the healthcare business. And I think that would be a very, very good thing. Push this back to the states. And I've I've had some conservative friends saying, well, well, Graham Cassidy, because it you know it just sort of block grants money to the states, it gives them all sorts of flexibility. You know, that could result in some states going to single payer health care. And my answer to that is, well, so what? That's that's the beauty beauty of the Federalist system of government. Right? We can have these little laboratories of democracy. If, for instance, I don't know, Minnesota, and I don't think Minnesota would, but if Minnesota wanted. To try universal health care out or single payer health care or whatever nomenclature you want to use for it if they wanted to try it out they could they could do that and their state would succeed or fail based on that policy and uh, if north dakota didn't and north dakota wanted to try something else north dakota could and businesses could look around and individuals could look around and, and see which states have the best policy and decide where they want to live based on that that's One of the beautiful things about federalism is that it allows for that sort of thing. I don't think that's something we should be afraid of. And by the way, I I don't know what state in the nation. I mean, first of all, to to run a a single-payer health care system, I I think you've got to be a pretty big state in terms of population with a pretty big economy. And there's not a lot of states that fit that. Like what? Maybe like New York, California, Texas. And I don't think Texas politically is going to go to universal health care. I just don't think... The citizens of Texas want that sort of thing. You know, could California afford it? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of the problem with universal healthcare systems is that they are hugely expensive. California already has a problem with people and businesses leaving their state because of how taxes are already. They have the cost of healthcare on top of that. You're going to see people flee even more. You're going to see businesses flee even faster. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think we have anything to be afraid of, of turning it over to the states. I don't think we have anything to be afraid of. We're, we're hearing about these big, scary reports that it's going to cost the states, you know, X number of billion dollars or whatever, and, and so many people are going to lose health care. I mean, it's just – it's the same old scare tactics, right? Any any bill that's going to come out, you know, the, the people are going to line up. The interest groups are going to line up, and they're going to throw a bunch of scary numbers around. And, and the, the one thing that you can count on is it's going to be a ton of exaggeration. The one thing we cannot have, the, the one thing that is not going to serve this country well, is, co- is this, this continued centralization of policymaking on health care in Washington D.C. That is not what's going to help us, and that's exactly what Obamacare was. I mean, that was the that was the organizing principle behind Obamacare. It was essentially moving as much of the policy, as much of the decision-making process as possible to Washington D.C. I think. As a step towards single national single payer health care, I, I think that the Obamacare was supposed to be an on ramp for that sort of policy. Now the problem is, Obamacare is terrible. It has driven up health care costs for Americans. It has driven up health care costs for businesses. It's not helping. It's making things worse. And I'm, I'm hoping that where we're at is a decision point where we could turn the other direction. And push that policy back to the state. So that's something I've had North Dakota Insurance Commissioner John Godfrey on this program. And that is something he said he generally prefers. Let the states be in charge of health care policy. Let the states make the decisions that are best for their citizens. Let the government that is closest to the people govern in a manner that is best for the people. I think that is the way to go. 100%. And it might be a rocky transition. It might be tough. Right, We all remember how it was with Obamacare, with people losing their insurance, the Obamacare website wasn't working. I mean, that was a mess. And we might have a mess pulling out of it. Because you know what? When you drive your car into a swamp, not only is it messy going into the swamp, it's a little messy when you're trying to pull it the hell out of the swamp too. So that may be how it is with Obamacare. We may have to grit our teeth and take a little pain to get out of this. But now is the moment where we got to turn around and go the other direction. Because I tell you what, doubling down, on continuing to consolidate healthcare policy, healthcare decision making, healthcare costs at the federal level, it's going to turn your healthcare experience into the U.S. post office. You ever have a good customer service experience at the post office? I haven't. That's not what we want. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe other countries like that. Maybe countries that are a lot smaller, a lot more. You know, a a lot more uh, demographically homogenous than America is, like Canada or or the Scandinavian countries. Maybe they could get away with it, but it ain't going to work in America. Not with the way Americans expect to live their lives. Not with the way uh, Americans expect the government to generally stay out of their lives. We'll talk with Senator Hovind about the Graham-Cassidy bill. Coming up next, your comments or questions, 701-293-9000, 888 970 Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port. Here, here on uh, 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Senator John Hoven joins us now, 701-293-9000, your call-in number if you've got comments or questions for the senator about, well, this, this latest iteration of health care reform. It's called the Graham-Cassidy bill. Uh, call in, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Senator Hoven, thanks for your time. Bet. Good to be with you, Rob. Good to be with you. I got an email right off the bat from Lonnie. Uh, he says, I quote, I would like the senator to explain why for the seven years that President Obama was in office, he continuously voted for full repeal of Obamacare, but now that Republicans control everything and they could actually repeal it, it, he has refused to support it, which is the real Senator Hovind. Your response?
3: I I voted for repeal and replace. As you saw, we had a number of bills we were trying to pass earlier. I voted for those. And again, we're working on repeal and replace in this bill, and and, uh, I support it. Uh, We repeal the individual mandate, the employer mandate, the medical device tax, uh, and at the same time uh, take the uh, funding that goes for Medicaid expansion and and, uh, provide it to the states with flexibility to design programs that we think are going to be, you know, more effective, uh, provide more options, uh, innovative care, find savings, you know, do the kind of things that I think that – we in North Dakota can do a better job of than the federal
0: government. We have a caller, John. You're on with the Senator. John, what's up?
2: Good afternoon, Senator.
0: Good afternoon.
2: So I'm curious if we're going to see a movement this year on uh, S446, which would be the uh, National Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. And the reason I asked this question is I'm a commercial truck driver that has a hazardous materials endorsement, and – Basically, I find it very unfair that my that, that only 40 states recognize my concealed carry weapons permit, yet all 50 of those trust me to trans, uh, transport hazardous materials. And it's just kind of, I, I, I find it kind of annoying.
3: Yeah, I, I understand. Of course, that's why we're trying to create the reciprocal law, so that you have the ability to, uh, because people travel all the time. And so that's the idea behind it. And, and yes, I do believe we have an uh, opportunity to I, I, I don't think this year, but I think, uh, you know, within this Congress um, that we may be able to move it. Yes.
0: Uh, Senator, I, I wanted to, to get your response back to the health care bill. Uh, Graham Cassidy, I was reading in an article uh, by my colleague, John Hageman. Uh, Senator Heitkamp is quoted as saying the new Republican health care bill would hurt families in rural communities across North Dakota by ripping away health care from many uh, she's arguing that it would cut $211 million uh, from North Dakotans' health care in 2026. Uh, but you're saying you're supportive of this bill. What do you uh, What do you have to say about Senator Heitkamp's claims?
3: Well, it doesn't take away health care. Uh, in fact, I, I think we'll have more resources, more funding over the 10-year timeline, and uh, we'll have flexibility so that the governor and the uh, legislature uh, can work with our health care providers and our insurance companies to do a better job uh, for the people of North Dakota, not only in our larger communities, but in rural areas as well. And so, and, and as far as coverage ripped away, I mean, that's just not the case, Rob. Uh, CBO, for any of these bills that we've been working on, you know, shows that um, right away the first year, fewer people are covered, yet that's only because they don't sign up because we take away the mandates so they're not forced to. It's not taken away. In fact, under this bill, we eliminate the mandates and so forth in the first year, but the exchanges and so forth stays in place till 2020 so that the legislature has time to adjust to the new approach. So how could coverage be ripped away from anybody when the same program is still there? And so again, You have to understand what's going on and that we're trying to improve access to health care coverage and improve access to health care. And, you know, the kind of scare tactics that say, oh, we can't uh, replace Obamacare with something better is unfortunate because this gives North Dakota more resources and the ability to develop a program that works for us for North Dakotans.
0: I guess we didn't start with the nitty gritty details. And it's, I mean, you, I, I think Americans maybe can't, uh, can't be blamed for, for having a difficult time following this. Cause we've had, you know, one proposal after another, but it seems to me the gist of this latest proposal is essentially listed States. We're going to give you funding and we're going to give you a whole bunch of autonomy. And, and then you guys, you guys figure it out. I mean, is that, is that basically the, the gist of the bill?
3: That That's it. And it, it really is about empowering people. It's about government at the state and local level rather than having the federal government dictate to us. And I think that's what North Dakotas want. So we get more resources, more flexibility. Our governor and our legislature goes to work with our health care providers and our health insurance people here in North Dakota. And we're going to do it better than other places.
0: Natil, I think he's got a question about pre existing conditions. And I, I think I, I saw where President Trump on Twitter said that he wouldn't sign a bill that didn't continue to provide coverage for pre-existing conditions. But, Natil, I know that's a concern of yours. You had a question for the senator?
1: It is, Senator Hoven. Um, I just got back, actually, to work here at WDAY this week after a battle against uterine cancer. And I have a lot of concerns about this particular bill and what it will mean for me going forward if I end up in the individual health care marketplace about pre-existing conditions, including different types of cancers.
3: Very important question, Uh, and I hope things are going well uh, with with your health and pre-existing conditions are covered. And also, with more choice and more competition, this is about lowering your health care premiums. For example, there's $250 billion in this bill right up front to help stabilize the insurance market so that we don't see these huge increases in rates that we've been seeing. Blue Cross Blue Shield this year is raising rates 25%. And so that's why we are we know we can do better than that. But yes, very important that pre-existing conditions are covered. we got
0: a caller, Scott, with a question for the Senator. Go ahead, Scott.
3: Hi, hey, how are you guys doing?
0: Hey, Scott. Hey, I was,
3: Nikhil just kind of asked a question. I was going to, too, or one of them, is uh, pre-existing conditions are not going to be charged more than, And then I was wondering, too, why, uh, are we going to be able to import any prescriptions from any other country so it's lower? Or kind of my two questions, I guess.
0: We'll, we'll let the Senator answer those questions. Thanks, Scott.
3: Right. So the pre-existing conditions are covered and the whole focus is to help bring insurance rates down through more choice and more uh, competition. Also, you can continue to stay on your Parents' policy uh, until age uh, 26. That's another one that people think are uh, is very important. And as far as – are you asking about prescription drug imports? Is, is that what yeah, you're Yeah, he's, he's asking
0: basically are, would you be able to, to buy, you know, import prescription drugs from other countries if, if they're cheaper?
3: Well, I believe so. In fact, we just passed a bill that improves the FDA's uh, approval process – and we're hopeful that that will both streamline and reduce costs for uh, bringing, you know, new drugs uh, to market and accessing uh, new drugs. That's a, that was a separate bill, but we're hopeful it will provide more access on a more affordable basis. We've
2: got another caller, Denny. You're on with the senator. Go ahead, Denny. Yes, uh, I'd like to make a couple comments. Uh, Barack Obama broke his promise when he oh. said uh, you could keep your own doctor and uh, the premiums would be going down. Uh, Donald Trump on 60 Minutes said everyone would be covered. I am going to take care of everybody. I don't care if it costs me votes or everybody is going to be taken care of. Much better than we're taking care of right now. He also said we're going to take care of them. We have to take care of them. Now that's not single payer. That's nothing. That's just human decency. You will end up with a greater health care for a fraction of the cost, and this will be taken care of immediately as soon as we get in, fast, quick. Is President Trump breaking his promise if he signs this other deal? And now you're saying there's going to be more funding. Does that, doesn't that mean more spending?
3: All right, overall, Well, let the center answer. Thanks, so, Denny. Yeah, uh, overall, we save $134 billion in the 10-year window, and that's required under budget reconciliation. But the point is that dollars are uh, distributed across the state Uh, in a more even way. Right now, uh, New York, California, Massachusetts, and Maryland take 40% of the Obamacare dollars for states. And so uh, there are savings. I think the real savings are going to come in terms of innovation, efficiencies, um, competition, and choice. North Dakota has lower health insurance rates than other states right now. Just think what we can do if we have the flexibility and the dollars to work with our insurance companies and health care providers to continue to innovate rather than be tied up by the federal bureaucracy. So that's the opportunity it creates for uh, North Dakota. And, and, yes, it is about making sure everybody has access both to health care coverage w- where they have a choice uh, and also choice about their health care rather than going to a, a single payer system, which is what Democrats want, where basically government's going to run uh, your health care. The federal government's going to run your health care, and I, I just don't think that's what North Dakotans want. We've
0: got another caller, John, and just a few minutes left for the next couple of callers. Let's make it quick. Go ahead, John.
2: I have a question in regard to what Natil asked you. Are you telling me that if the state of North Dakota and the governor of North Dakota, if this plan is passed, would not be allowed to rewrite the rules about pre-existing conditions? In other words, is it possible? That the legislature in North Dakota and the governor could decide that pre existing conditions are just too expensive and write them out of the medical coverage available in North Dakota? Is right, that we'll true Senate- or is that false? I'll we'll let the senator not, answer. Thanks, John. No, no, no,
3: the way the bill is designed is to give states more flexibility, but also make sure that pre existing conditions are covered. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, who who do you trust more, your local legislator and your governor and the people that you know and that live here or the people in D.C.? I mean, it it comes down to a a philosophical choice, um, you know, that I think North Dakotans, um, you know, value being able to talk to their local legislators, uh, the governor, their elected official, their insurance commissioner here in North Dakota, and that those people are going to be more responsive to the citizens of our state.
0: Let me just clarify that point. So the federal government's going to tell the states you have flexibility, but one thing you can't be flexible on is pre-existing conditions. And I, I'm were, assuming that's that's like tied to the funding. Like if you don't cover pre-existing conditions, you don't get the funding. Is that how right? It
3: works? For for any waiver of any kind that you would get um, in terms of some of these things like pre-existing conditions, you have to show how they're covered. Okay. So there's a lot of flexibilities in a lot of areas. But things like being able to stay on your parents' policy till age 26, preexisting conditions, and some of those things, you know, are things that are included in the legislation.
2: All right. Uh, All right.
0: Caller, Mike, you're on.
2: I appreciate listening to this uh, conversation. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be in Paris this summer. I fell ill, uh, and within an hour, the hotel had a doctor in my room uh, prescribing four different medications, the Haas or the the room visit. he came to my hotel room. The room visit was one hundred and thirty u s. dollars. The medication for all four medications was thirty five u s. dollars. And we can't pass a health bill or have affordable insurance. I'm guessing I'm wondering why, you know, uh, Paris, which takes in out of country patients as well, can afford to do that. And then the last question I have is, why is it we do not have the uh, pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry at the table in these conversations because you know what it is it's it, the bottom line is profits is dollars and someone Well Mike profits. let's
0: let's before you go off on a rant let's let the senator answer some of those questions I'm go sorry. ahead senator
2: Yes I'm sorry
0: Well in regard to
3: your last point I mean that's where competition and choice is how consumers get lower cost and better options. And that's what we're trying to implement is competition and choice to bring down not only insurance rates, but, but healthcare prices that that's exactly right. So if you believe, uh, you know, in markets and competition and choice and you believe that the States are the laboratories of democracy, which was the way this country was founded and that we can innovate and be creative and we can do things better in North Dakota than they can in California or New York, which I firmly believe, then this is how we get to those lower costs and better options uh, for our consumers. That's what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and we could we could have a Cadillac government government system, I guess, and it, there'd probably be a lot of inefficiencies. But you'd also have to pay taxes like a like a Frenchman, and and I frankly would rather not. Uh, let's see what last caller, Rob, Keith. Rob, Rob, let me yeah. add one thing to
3: that. All right, and the government and the government's going to tell you where you where you yeah. can and can't go to get your health care.
0: Yeah, and, and not, what sort of treatments are change. covered? and What sort of drugs are covered? Yeah, you're going to lose a lot of flexibility. All right, uh, let's get Keith in. Got to be real quick, Keith. We're over time. What's up?
2: I uh, said, how's uh, this Medicaid uh, bill going to change as far change anything as far as nursing homes and nursing home care for for uh, people that are are uh, you know under those circumstances?
0: All right, thanks, Keith. Let the center answer. Go ahead.
3: Traditional Medicaid continues on a per capita payment, and then the Medicaid expansion money comes as a block grant so that the state of North Dakota has more flexibility in terms of how they use that to support nursing homes as well as health care.
0: All right, Senator, uh, we are over time, so i got to let you go. Thank you so much for your time today. Okay, thanks, Rob. That's Senator John Hovind. More to come. We'll wrap the show up right after this. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. If you want to join in, eight 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 970 9329 do go away. Not a lot of time here. We went a little long with the senator, but we wanted to get all the calls and uh, comments. in. I I don't know. I'm liking this plan because I don't like the status quo and I don't want to let the perfect be the enemy of the good. I think it's a good plan. I, I think... And I thought this was interesting. A group of governors, including Doug Burgum, sent a letter uh, to uh, – who did they send the letter to? I don't know. They signed a letter, it included Doug Burgum, and, and they said, I quote, welfare reform passed in the 1990s, uh, and it works because states were given maximum authority along with adequate funding. This model can work for the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. You know what? I agree. I, I, I think if there's one thing, Obamacare and, and probably a number of other health care policies that we can name, the one thing it illustrates thoroughly is that the federal government really sucks at handling our health care issues. They just suck. They're terrible at it. You know what might be do a better job? Local government. So I, how about we try that? Because honestly, it couldn't possibly get any worse. That's it for me today. Jay, Tama, Thomas, Jay, Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Remember, you can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or starting Wednesday next week, 12 to 2. And, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.